With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Mission Log Supplemental, number 37. Holiday Feedback Fun. Welcome into another Mission Log Supplemental episode. Another one. Which one is this? This is, oh golly, is this 36? Is it 38? Ah, it's somewhere between 36 and 38. I'm Ken Ray. And I'm John Champion. That's right. You're listening to the show where we don't take apart an episode of Star Trek looking for morals, meanings, and messages, and certainly not every week. Huh? First and foremost, happy holidays from Mission Log. We are almost done with 2017, although, you know, really, I was done with 2017. Ah, golly, back in March, I think. Whatever it is you're celebrating, though, we hope you're having a great time doing it. And if you're celebrating nothing, well, heck, celebrate that, won't you? Yeah, lots to celebrate, Ken. And um, one thing that I'm celebrating is, uh, well, we've we got some announcements. we we got stuff coming up. We're mm-hmm. busy. We're, yeah. we're, we're cooking with gas over <laughs> here at Mission Log. We're so busy, we're not doing a show. <laughs> That's how busy we are, because we had to squeeze in time yeah. to do all the other stuff. Yeah, that's true. Um, so uh, some programming updates first and foremost. So the regular mission log will resume next week. That'll be January 4th, Thursday, January 4th, um, with Emergence uh, as we wrap up The Next Generation. And then, if you haven't heard already, we'll move on to the next-gen movies. There are, I believe, four of those, unless I make another one between now and then. And um, we will definitely have a supplemental or two after we finish the whole next generation story wrapping up their entire journey uh maybe an interview or two you don't know you don't know it could just be all kinds of stuff um that I, I say all of that because that's actually doing what we do on a supplemental show and that is answering a question hmm. from one of our listeners that's from mark cole on twitter he said hey what are you up to what are you going to do i vote for a supplemental well yes we we've been talking about that uh for quite a while and we do want to commemorate the end of next gen by doing something. Yes. Um, maybe even some, maybe even some things depending on how it goes. Cause that's, I mean, that's yeah. like, I mean, just week to week, that was seven years of our lives, you know, mm-hmm. plus the movies mm-hmm. now and again, of course. Yeah. And, and, and it's, I mean, you could argue, well, I don't want to argue. <laughs> <laughs> you could say though that that was one of the last times that you had sort of the Star Trekky Star Trek vision. I don't know if that's true or not, but I mean you could argue that. I mean that was that was the last thing that Gene Roddenberry had his hand in as far as Star Trek goes. That was the last thing uh, uh, DC Fontana and you know some of the other people that he had brought on you know from from decades of Star Trek into next gen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's worth more than just a. Wow, that movie was terrible. Okay, on to DS9. <laughs> right, right, right. And, but, but then that's what it is. Then it's on to Deep Space Nine. Yeah. We give Next Gen a send-off, and then it's on to Deep Space Nine. Um, even though we, we've had a little bit of story element overlap 
with the end of next gen. But but here's the fun part. Many of you who have listened to us for a long time, and you've listened to us on our supplementals, maybe our stage panels at Vegas, you probably know this, that Ken and I have watched very little Deep Space Nine. Yes. So this would be a whole new, dare I call it, an undiscovered country for us. Oh, that's good. Do you think anybody's used that? I don't know. We should, we should just tack it right on yeah, there. Yeah, we should do yeah. that. Why not? Uh, of course, there's the other thing uh, not to forget, because we're talking about what's next in Mission Log, but then, of course, there is also Mission Log Live. Uh, with Star Trek Discovery coming back on January 7th, we'll be back to Mission Log Live, taking your questions and comments in real time on Tuesday, the 9th of January at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, other times, other places. That is, of course, when you uh, get to do our job for us, uh, picking apart what you got out of the latest Discovery episode. And um, remember, it's full of spoilers. So don't listen if you haven't watched Discovery, unless you just want to, you know, hear people talk about it without having seen it yourself, in which case, feel free. Because we'd love to have you. But, you know, if you call us angry because we told you what happened on Discovery, well, we're telling you now. We're going to tell you what happened on Discovery. So, uh, you know, don't be cross. It, it, it's a fun show, and it, and it just moves along. I love it because we're, we're getting messages, we're getting callers, we're getting video chat. It's just, it, it's an hour, but it feels like about three minutes Yeah, when, when we're done with it. Yeah. Um, so all of that, Mission Log Live, uh, is going to happen over at facebook.com slash mission log pod we put up the the teaser for the feed a few days before and then if you uh if you like or bookmark that feed then you come back uh at 7 p.m pacific 10 p.m eastern tuesday nights and uh, we will be there live and then the audio only version goes into its own feed so if you're still trying to find it go over to itunes or wherever it is you pick up podcasts type in mission log live and you will find that stream, and we usually post that just within, you know, an hour or two after we've done the live show. Yes, that is exactly how that goes. So that's everything we have coming up, I think, except for the rest of this episode, which is uh, your comments, not yours, uh, John. I mean, you, 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 you no. I mean, you're you're welcome to make some comments. I, I think we. Both I was going to comment on the comments. Oh, okay. Well, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Sure. Um, Stingray Travel. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love him. For all your Stingray Travel needs. Uh, Stingray Travel, uh, like a lot of people, curious about the prospect of a Quentin Tarantino Star Trek. A Quentin Tarantino Star Trek, John. (laughs) So, you know, a few people have asked us about that. And um, look, I, I don't want to cop out on the answer here, but... All we can say at this point is that um, somebody has an idea and somebody's writing a script. Yes. Well, wait, are they asking what you think of it or are they asking what you know about it? No, what what we think about it. And it's hard for me to form what I think about it when... Look, so I've said on our show and I've said on other shows many times how I'm a fan of many other uh, franchises. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of those being uh, in the spy world, The Man from U.N.C.L.E., Quentin Tarantino is working on a Man from Uncle story for about 10 years. Okay. That never got made. Did he actually put together a writer's room? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, he, he took one of the novels um, and he was like, yes, this is the basis of the script. We're going to do this. And, and he had um, at least one person who I knew who had worked um, very briefly as an extra on the original 
Man From U.N.C.L.E. series, and then he worked, uh, he was an effects guy. He worked a little bit on Star Trek Motion Picture, then he worked on The Return of the Man From U.N.C.L.E. So this guy is as inside to The Man From U.N.C.L.E. as you can get. And uh, he was like, yeah, they, they, they were developing right along. This was coming along. This was going to happen. And it just didn't happen. So it, it's hard for me to get really excited uh, or, or maybe even infuriated mm-hmm. uh, about the prospect when it's such a, a nebulous thing right now. But I will say this. I look forward to anybody who comes along and shakes up Star Trek. And it might make people angry, and it would certainly give people a lot to talk about, uh, because, let's face it, every iteration of Star Trek does that. Um, but I, I, I'm anxious to see somebody else's take. I mean, why not? Hmm. Okay. I mean, I, 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 don't know what, I, I don't know what it would be. I don't think he would remake, and I don't think he's going to take Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs and just stick it into the Star Trek universe. I, you know, Quentin Tarantino seems like a guy who's got a, a love and a grasp of, of pop culture. Yeah. And one of those things being Star Trek. What about the R rating? Because that's the other rumor. The rumor is that, or, or, or I don't know if it's a rumor or if it was stated, but the other yeah. thing that has been said around the Quentin Tarantino Star Trek is it would be an R-rated movie. Well, we're getting that now with Discovery. So there's no place for family then in Star Trek anymore. There's no place for there's no place for the kids. There's no place for the kids in Star Trek anymore. I I, I don't think so. I, I think these particular iterations are that. You get a Star Trek movie every three years, maybe. Yeah, yeah. If you're lucky, yeah. you get a Star Trek movie every three years, maybe. So that means we're going to go at least six years before you can have a big screen uh, one that the kids see. And listen, save your emails about, well, kids see all sorts of things today anyway, because that's not the point. No, I, I know. I know. Yeah. No, because I get that a lot. You care about the cursing and discovery kids say that kind of thing all the time. Well, there's a difference. Yeah. I mean, yes, I, I cursed like a sailor by the time I was in the sixth grade. Not necessarily yeah. proud of it, but I can tell you that I didn't do that in front of my mom, and my mom would not have let me watch Discovery. I mean, she just wouldn't have. I mean, it, it would be too dark. It would be too dirty. It would be too, you know, the cursing and the, and the TVMA. She was a huge believer in uh, whatever those uh, whatever those ratings were. I mm-hmm. uh, so I was supposed to spend the holiday break rewatching Discovery, and I may get to it before it starts again because it starts again like mm-hmm. a week and a half as we record this. I actually spent the um, holiday break watching The Orville. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. It's good. Okay. I don't know if you've watched it. Um, I haven't. It's it's good. I mean, it's huh, it's stronger in its first season than Next Gen was in its first season. Well, they they learned from a lot of mistakes. Well, yeah. certainly, yeah. Um, yeah. It's the thing that I like about it, honestly, is I mean, while there are the while there's the occasional, I mean, it's Seth MacFarlane. So while there's the occasional Seth MacFarlane type joke, mm-hmm. like like a lot of things, I remember one thing in particular. A lot of people were really upset by the by the trope of the you know the cheating wife, and now they're both on the, what well, uh, she cheated on him, and you know, so and now they're both serving on the same ship, and oh, it's just going to be this crap, right? Yeah, comes back around in a very weird, very different kind of way. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That that I think is um, it's a little bit more grown up than Star Trek: The Next Generation, but it still has. I mean, they have tackled real Star Trek ideas on the Orville yeah. in ways that I'm sorry, 
Discovery has not yet. Discovery may eventually get there. Discovery is all about character. Discovery is all about really ripping good story. It's fantastic. Okay? Yeah. I love Discovery. They're dealing with religion on the Orville. They're dealing with, with ideas of gender on the Orville. They're dealing, with, they're dealing with the kinds of things that they dealt with in early Next Gen. They're dealing with the kinds of things they dealt with before we got so involved in the story. They're dealing with, the, they're dealing with ideas and ideals. On the Orville, on a Seth MacFarlane (laughs) show, they're doing this. But then Star Trek is going to do Reservoir Targs. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ooh, ooh, nice. You've been saving that one. Two shows nightly. No, I haven't saved it. Anybody who follows me on Twitter has heard it a time or two. <laughs> but, okay, all right. But yeah, um, I mean, there, it's, look, and, and it's going to be great. I love Tarantino as a writer. I, I enjoy Tarantino as a director. He's mm-hmm. got a rock-solid cast that he will be working with, assuming they keep the same people that they had before. It'll be a fun movie. Yep. And certainly we went to Star Trek for fun, but I feel like we went there for something more as well. And I don't know that I can count on Quentin Tarantino to give me that same kind of thing. I, I agree with you. I, I, like I said, I, I think it'll be his. It would be his thing. It would be a different kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that who knows might might surprise us. Might be a moral meaning or message or two hidden in there. Um, but I, I would be cool seeing that version of Star Trek, just like I'm cool with Discovery seeing that version of Star Trek. But who knows? In in my idealistic mind, I like to think that somewhere along the line, let's give Tarantino another two, three years to to develop this. And I'm not going to knock wood here that it actually happens. Um, But I like to think that, okay, what can happen in the meantime? Can you then have a Star Trek animated show? Mm. Can you then have Star Trek comic books? Can you have Star Trek something else that also appeals to its audience because Star Trek is big and, and it can cover so many different uh, methods of storytelling. You know what I would love to see as long as you're making stuff up now about, you know, a cartoon and mm-hmm. things like that. Sure. I would love to see a bunch of small movies dealing with specific characters. And if you want to hand those off to different directors, that would be fine. The problem that I have mm-hmm. is a tent pole that's going to be R rated and it's going to be the only thing mm-hmm. we get for like three years. If somebody wanted to do like a McCoy movie, and maybe Kirk and Spock are in it briefly, but, you know, do a McCoy movie. And then same thing with the Spock movie and same thing with the Kirk movie. And you could actually, you could Star Wars that stuff, do one each year, right, for three years until you get to your big tentpole, whatever. And maybe they have something to do with the thing they're leading up to, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Or maybe they're just one-off stories. And then then do crazy stuff. Give one to Give one to... Heck, give one to Scorsese, give one to Tarantino, yes. give one to yes. John Woo, you know? I mean, hand them yeah. out to dip- John Woo's still making films, isn't he? Sure. Okay, why not that? <laughs> yeah, give one to him, too. Why? I mean, it, that would be like a fun thing. I mean, if we didn't have to make it, you know, the $100 million, $200 million blockbuster every time, if we could do a small yeah. movie where we actually dig into those characters and then maybe have sort of the morals, meanings, messages thing, that would be a lot of fun. But if we're gonna if we're gonna roll the dice like on a Tarantino movie, that's going to I'm sorry to, I'm gonna go ahead and say it it's gonna blow canon, and then also mm-hmm. um, and then also be all you know cursy and sexy, um, mm-hmm. and then well maybe see in three years depending on how this one went, yeah <sighs> that kind of and and again love Star Trek love Tarantino huge fan of Tarantino back in the day haven't really kept up with the past few years but. 
Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction both just, you know, took the top of my head off with how amazing they were. And a lot of sure, the stuff that sure. he wrote as well, like um, True uh, true Romance mm-hmm. and uh, Natural Born Killers. Uh, he was the original uh, story uh, on that. I can't remember if it was the original script, but um, that what made the screen wasn't necessarily what he had originally written. But, I mean, that was based on something he had written as well. Just two really, really quick thoughts about this. Yeah. One is that uh, the, the individual spinoff, you know, CBS at one time, and I assume it's still a thing, they had announced doing these, like, Star Trek miniseries in between Discovery. Yeah. So there was a talk about Nick Meyer doing the con one, and I don't know what else would come after that. If that's a hit, hopefully then another one would come. And I, I have mixed feelings about those, but that, that could be a thing. Maybe it's small screen. I would love to see it leap to the big screen as well. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, if anybody does a Finnegan spinoff, I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> I'm just... I'm going to close up the computer. I'm going to throw away the mic. Yeah. I'm out. That's so not okay. true. You'll hate it, but you'll go. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that's true. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, well, I was going to say, and I was going to say, and you'll buy the Blu-ray, but I forgot yes. to. But then I looked down at the question and I thought, oh, and I should have said, and you'll buy the Blu-ray. So, you know, yeah. maybe I'll magically edit that together like it actually happened. Uh, Jeff had a question, John. Uh, do mm-hmm. we know anything about Discovery Command on Blu-ray or DVD? Do not have a clue. Also, do not have a clue. That would excite you, though. That would excite you because, man, if there's yeah. one thing you love, it's little plastic discs that'll be around for a million years in a landfill someplace. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> I love my physical media. I do. I know you do. I do. Yeah, I know you do. But but here's the thing, though. I, I, I will... Look, we're going to have time to do this after the first season of Discovery is done and and we carry on doing whatever we carry on doing. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll just dedicate like a couple of hours to my rants about this. But here's the thing. Uh, Home media, home video does not support a show, certainly not the way it did 15 years ago. Okay. Um, and certainly not the way it did, you know, 20 something years ago when we subscribed to the CBS uh, VHS copies of the original series. And it was like 20 bucks per tape per episode. <laughs> Remember that day? Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking about. I never subscribed to it, but yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but here's the thing, you know, I, I talk about the Blu-rays of Next Gen on our show when I talk about bonus features and deleted scenes and all that stuff, and they are wonderful, but that is not how you actually support a show. That's the thing that kind of comes after. Next Gen, they were able to sell it on the idea of syndication back in the day, and they were able to resell it when they did the uh, the, the high-def transfers. Okay, we're going to do home video, but we also are going to be able to put this on TV again in certain markets and get some ad dollars to, to keep that going. So the long and short of it is that uh, if we want Star Trek Discovery to keep going, the best way to watch it is on CBS All Access now while it's being made, while it's new, while it's fresh. The DVD Blu-ray stuff is after the fact. And I can guarantee you that nobody at CBS is sitting around waiting to say, hmm, well, if these sales do well enough on Blu-ray, maybe we can make more Star Trek. No, that 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 is simply the thing that happens after that first series has happened after all the books have been closed on it. That That is such an afterthought. I cannot over express that. 
So um, I hope they come out because, yes, selfishly, I want them. Selfishly, I want behind the scenes stuff. I think that's a great idea. But if the intent behind that question is to say, well, I want to wait and watch it then, I, I would ask you to really reconsider, even if it's just for a month or whatever, to, to put down the six bucks, watch it on all access. Then let's talk about the Blu-ray later. Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's take another question here. Katie N. Katie, who seriously has been tearing it up on our website comments. Um, I, you and I both get emails every time somebody comments. And Katie N. is like, I, I know that every day there's going to be comments from Katie. Um, she, she's been going back and watching from a long, long time ago. And I love seeing that when people comment on something that we talked about three years ago and I totally forgot. Um, so one of her comments recently was on our coverage of Who Watches the Watchers, a favorite of mine. That's the one with the with the uh, proto Vulcans, right? Proto Vulcans, yeah. That's the one yeah. with Ray Weiss. Yes, yeah. No, there's no mistaking Ray Weiss in that. Yeah. So she says, uh, just a little segment from her comment: uh, Star Trek shines brightest when it doesn't pull its punches, and it certainly didn't in this episode. Side note: I adore how uncomfortable you guys get when talking about religion themed episodes. Hmm. <laughs> Do we? I don't know. I, I, I think we. <laughs> I, I, I think we try to be careful. Well, uh, look, I think about our show the way that hopefully Star Trek is thinking about what it does, which is it's more important to have the conversation and get across the idea than to drive people away because you're beating them on the head with a message like we joke about bonk bonk on the head yes but even though some of those stories it's like okay we're we're trying to present it in an entertaining um uh somewhat approachable way yeah it's i mean i don't know that i get uncomfortable necessarily talking about it i think it, but there are some people who are mightily offended funny story I do another show called Mac OS Cat, and been doing it. Turns uh, turns twelve next month. Turns twelve years old. It's been a daily show for the past twelve years as of next Congratulations. month. Congratulations! Well, thank you very much. Um, and one day, I saw that I had gotten a one star review, and I went and read the one star review on Mac OS Cat. And the reason it got a one star review was because I hate Christians. Hmm. It turns out. Now hmm. um, I don't. In fact, some of my best friends are Christians. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> I don't mind telling you. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it turns out what that was was that was somebody who didn't like something that we had said on Mission Log. That's the mm. only thing I can think of. They didn't like something that we had said on mm. Mission Log, and so they had decided to follow me around to other places and talk about how much they did not like something I had said on Mission Log. Then wow. I wrote to I wrote to Apple and I got it you know I got it pulled you know which uh, was neat to be able to do because basically it had nothing to do with anything that was actually said on Mac OS Can and it was also not true I mean it's practically mm. defamatory I suppose um, all of which is to say I mean I'm not not I'm not not hmm. I don't want to offend anybody as John just said you want to have the conversation and to come out and say you know everything is this way or nothing is this way. I mean, it doesn't really leave open any room for dialogue. It, it's just, I mean, to, <sighs> yeah. I think that's, no, I, look, I think that's why, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not uncomfortable as much as 
well, it sounds uncomfortable right now, as trying to as trying to parse <laughs> the words in such a way that you can still that people can still listen, that people will still listen, and so that we're not yep. just you know, like you know shutting people down or, or they're not throwing up a wall you know between us and them because then then nothing gets accomplished. It's a very fine line because inevitably on Mission Log, because we're talking about Star Trek, we're talking about. You know, the the big issues, politics, religion, sex, whatever, we're we're talking about the the human experience and the human condition. These things come up and and Star Trek, as Katie points out, is really good when it takes on those big issues. Yeah. Some episodes do. Some episodes don't. um, But it's all wrapped up in this entertaining package. And, And what we do on Mission Log is hopefully entertain the audience, but also kick around those ideas. Um, and even though Mission Log is an opinion show and is our opinions, we're hopefully presenting those opinions in a way to say, like, hey, here's what we got out of it from our experience. Mm-hmm. You might get something very different. And that's OK, too. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, every now and then we'll, we'll get an email or a comment that says you totally missed this in an episode. Well, maybe, maybe not. But I'm glad that other thing that you got out of the episode was important to you. Yeah. You know, uh, we we have the luxury of an hour a week being able to say what we think. And and at that point, we're kind of done because we've we've gotten that out to the world. Then it's time for everybody else to to kick it around. Um, but Katie, to your point. Yeah. I mean, religion is always going to be sort of a hot button topic. And and I, I think we, we treat it somewhat delicately. Yeah. <laughs> but but in the spirit of the show trying to make sure we we don't uh you know click on the mics and immediately alienate half the audience <laughs> that would not be good either i hope you're wrong by the way yeah when you say religion is always going to be a hot button topic i hope you're wrong mm-hmm. yeah uh, well I, I think yeah. it will be as long as we're alive yeah yeah we'll see what happens after that or yeah. not <laughs> or <laughs> <laughs> uh troy pope wrote to us i have a question about your deep dive into the episode pegasus Pegasus, for people that don't remember, is the one with uh, Pressman. The one where it was a, it was Will's first, uh, his first uh, assignment on a starship, yeah. and uh, and the Pegasus ended up half in a rock, half not in a rock, and mm. um, and Pressman was a terrible, terrible person, <laughs> right? Yes, <laughs> or not? Um, uh, yeah, uh, you talk at length about Admiral Pressman and his many friends who represent a more evil or cynical side of the Federation. You guys talked about that aspect a lot, but neither of you asked the question, do you think Pressman and company were working with Section 31? I know 31 hadn't been introduced yet, but it seems logical looking back uh, that he and other bigwigs at Starfleet would do whatever it takes to be on the winning side, so to speak. That's the attitude of Sloan and Section 31. In Deep Space Nine, uh, see, there's the problem. In Deep mm, Space Nine, mm. we even saw Admiral Ross work with Section 31 in a temporary alliance to get the dirty work done. So it's not inconceivable that Admirals Pressman, Blackwell, Rayner, and whoever else was watching this mission were doing so under the rules or lack thereof of Section 31. Uh, thoughts? Hmm. Uh, Deep Space Nine, remind me. Yeah, um, it's uh, somewhere between Deep Space Eight and Deep Space Ten. Oh, yes. Yeah. Heard of it. Uh, yeah. I, I'm sort of aware of section 31 i've heard a lot of talk about section 31 i'm not looking forward to the section 31 episodes and i'm trying to reserve judgment because i haven't seen them yet but i don't like the idea 
that 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 oh well yeah okay so the federation and starfleet that's all well and good well and good but there's actually a secret police that's been doing dirty crap the whole time i don't like that idea and you know i'm just gonna have to suck it up and deal because we're gonna be talking about it on the show but if you i mean i like the fact that there was no we don't get the sense at the end of um at the end of um I can't remember the name of the episode now. At the end of Pegasus. We don't get the uh, sense at the end of Pegasus that Pressman's going to get off. We don't get the sense that uh, Picard is aware of anything like Section 31. And I like the fact that we don't get that. I don't... I don't... I mean, this goes to the question that we've talked about before as far as discovery and things like that, too. I... I, I like the ideal Federation. Mm-hmm. I like the ideal Starfleet. And if we're going to come in later and say, well, yeah, but none of that really happened because there were these secret guys doing secret stuff the whole time that you didn't even know about, I kind of, I kind of want to curse. Yeah. No, I, I, I know. Um, my I, – look, I, I have mixed feelings about Section 31. And, and the, the whole point here, Troy, uh, uh, look, obviously we, we do play the um, we're not breaking the timeline game on Mission Log because – talking about an individual story we really need to talk about that individual story it it would the show would take five times longer if we tried to tie in every single thing we just can't do that Mm -hmm. um what i don't like is the further into star trek you go and and even coming back full circle and going to enterprise which is the prequel episode or the prequel series to, to tos Section 31 becomes a sort of like writer's shortcut to just invent or explain anything they want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, we want to have something bad happen, something mysterious, something underhanded. Ah, we'll just we'll throw Section 31 at it. And and even the deeper we get into Discovery, that became, on the internet at least, a lot of comments that I saw, that, that became kind of the go-to. Oh, it's all Section 31. That That's how we can explain all of this stuff. And... I, I'm I'm okay with the idea that there might be things happening in Starfleet that need to get uncovered and might explain some behaviors that, that seem a little off. I hate the idea of Section 31 just always being the go-to mm-hmm. because it's like, look, if we don't need it, we don't need it. If we're And, and agreeing with you here, Ken, that, yeah, if we want to start talking more about the ideals – then at some point somebody had to say, "Look, the Soul Section Thirty One thing is a bad idea. Starfleet needs transparency, <laughs> so let's try to live with that for a little while." So, there you go. This is an interesting one. Uh, our, our old friend Will Wright sent us the. Uh, do, I, I've never watched Two and a Half Men, but I, I do know that Chuck Lorre and Chuck Lorre Productions, like the end of every episode where you have a lot of text, yeah, will just publish stuff well it's not it's not just two and a half men i mean he's he's got a bunch of different shows and he puts them at the end of every one of them oh right because i never yeah. watched two and a half men but i've read a bunch of those so maybe at the end of um big bang theory is that a chuck oh Lurie yeah show? Right, right, yeah right. yeah i think yeah, i yeah. must have seen it there because i did watch that for a while and yeah. yeah i would pause them and read them and they're actually kind of interesting yeah well will sent us one uh ran december 14th 2017 Back in the 60s, when Star Trek debuted, you couldn't help but notice that the bridge of the Starship Enterprise was a multicultural, multinational, multi-intelligent species sort of arrangement. It portrayed, to my impressionable young mind, an inevitable kumbaya, pluralistic future. 
It's only lately that I have come to understand how naive that worldview was. I now see that human nature, particularly during times of stress, becomes tribalistic, not pluralistic, which is neither good nor bad. It's probably just how we're wired, a survival mechanism baked into our DNA. Under pressure, the prime directive is to protect the tribe. Genetically, that makes perfect sense. Human beings without a tribe tend to starve or get eaten. Now, I don't want to cast aspersions or throw shade, as the kids like to say, but I would like to point out one thing I find painfully obvious. He's not in your tribe. He's not in my tribe. In fact, if you look closely, you'll see he belongs to no tribe, and he never really has. Make of that what you will. Um, Will sent that to us without comment. And I think I'm going to leave that there without <laughs> comment. Say, without comment seems like a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We have a fun one to wrap it up. Uh, Ken, you want to do the honors and uh, read what uh, John Armstrong sent us? With the holidays upon us, I came upon a holiday activity that we Mission Log fans can do and share. Star Trek, the holiday special. Basically, you take a holiday TV show, film, or book and cast it with Star Trek characters from a particular Star Trek show. For example, I cast A Christmas Carol with TNG major and minor characters. And he says if we're able to do that on the Mission Log Facebook page, uh, he'll submit his full cast. Well, you're always welcome to do that on the (laughs) Mission Log Facebook page. Um, It's an interesting idea. I mean, the problem with doing... Uh, Christmas Carol and Next Gen is, I mean, it's 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 uh, Patrick Stewart as Scrooge because he's done that. He's done that as a one-man show, and he also did a version. I want to say it was for TBS or, or TNT, mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, he did a Christmas Carol as well. I don't know who everybody else would be, but uh, who would well, be Tiny here's... Tim? That's the real question. Who would be <laughs> Tiny Tim? Well, here's my thing. I, I'm going to say, I'm going to pick and choose. I'm going to say I can take any of those actors from any stage in their career. So I, I, not only can I mix cast, but I can mix time as well. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So I, I'm going to recast um, A Christmas Story. Okay. Uh, starring, by the way, uh, the late Darren McGavin. Yes. Um, who, I, I don't know if you know this. <laughs> He was in an episode of the X-Files. He was in an episode of the X-Files. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Bingo. And he's right. married to the woman who played Dila on Star Trek TOS, uh, Wink of an Eye. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Neat. Yep. Anything, yep. El- anything yep. else about him we should mention? Anything? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, no. fine. No. I think he was on Love Boat once. Uh, we were all on Love Boat once, weren't we? Yeah, in a perfect world. Um <laughs> I'm going to cast uh, the old man. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go ahead and you go. You, you lead with your strongest, Patrick Stewart, because he can do anything. And Patrick Stewart is great at comedy, mm-hmm. and he doesn't get to do enough. So I'm just going to throw him in there. I'm going to say for uh, Ralphie's mom, um, I'm going to go with uh, Gillian Anderson. In fact, those actresses resemble each other. Uh, Melinda Dillon from uh, A Christmas Story and Gillian Anderson. So I'm going to go with her. Um, I'm sorry, Gillian no, Anderson? Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Jillian Taylor is the character, and uh, and that was played by oh, Melinda, uh, Melinda Dillon was the uh, actress, wasn't it? Melinda Dillon is the the actress in A Christmas Story, right? Playing playing Ma, right? Yeah, and in Star Trek IV: The Voyage Home, oh, you have you have Catherine Hicks yes. playing Jillian Taylor, okay. Yes. See, this it, is why it, this is why you do what John said. You take one series, you put it into one story because now you're no, just now no. you're just 
All no, right. I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm just going all out. Here we go. Ready? Um, go ahead. For Ralphie? Yeah. For Ralphie? You ready? You're going to love this one. You're going to love it. For Ralphie? Gabriel Damon, who played Jeremy Astor. All right. Mm-hmm. You're taking this far too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> See, because here... No, I, th- I think th- those are the big three. Oh, okay. Those are the big three, you know. See, because I'm going to say TNG. I'm going to say TNG. I'm going to say Rudolph yeah. the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I'm okay. going to say uh, Michael Dorn uh, in the Wharf outfit is the Abominable Bubble, right? Okay. Um, yeah. Frakes is, mm-hmm. is Yukon Cornelius. Mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, He's got the beard. Will yeah. Wheaton, uh, when he first started in that show, is Hermie. Uh, okay. Or okay, he yeah. might be Rudolph because, you know, Rudolph is not really and neither was back in the uh-huh. day. And then uh-huh. uh, cast whoever else you want for anything else. That's fine. Uh, make up, okay. make Patrick Stewart, uh, Santa Claus, of course. Sure. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, everybody yeah. else gets to be a reindeer. I don't care. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> there, there was one. There was one I was going to throw in. And uh, I, I was going to take a, a young Brian Bonsall. Yeah. And you could either throw him in as Randy mm-hmm. in A Christmas Story because he just ends up in that in that suit, you yes. know, and, and can't get up out of the snow. Right. Or or you, you make him uh, one of those angry little kids like a like a Scott Farkas or something, because then he gets what's coming to him later in the uh, in, in the movie. Yeah. Uh, Brian Bonsall, though, I think he'd have to be Dill. That was Scott, mm, okay, Scott Farkas' yeah, yeah. little friend, because, you know. Yeah, right, 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 right. As far as we know, never got above, like, four feet tall. Yeah, there you go. Dill. Yeah. That's a good choice. Um, so, while we are not doing our own show this week, we have actually, um, we've done some other shows. Do you want to tell people what you did? You, you yeah, just off I, moonlighting on some other podcast? I know, pretty much. Yeah. Do, you, do, 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 do you feel bad about that? No, it's, uh, I, 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 I was okay. on another show. It's okay. Whatever. <gasps> you were? Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, I had the pleasure of doing a couple of shows. Uh, uh, the Trek Geeks. Okay. You Discovering Trek, their uh, Star Trek Discovery show. Mm-hmm. I was on in their kind of mid-season episode to talk about uh, what we saw and what we hoped for. They didn't take a hiatus? They, I think they did a little bit of a hiatus. Oh, okay. They didn't do as long yeah. a hiatus as we did. Yeah. Uh, we weren't going to do as long a hiatus as we did. I feel bad because yeah, we told everybody, hey, we're going to be doing stuff in between and in between. And then we're like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, well, we, hey, it, it will all be revealed after, mm-hmm. you know. I, after I, we, discovery. We when we continue yeah. after discovery, theoretically. When we continue yes. after discovery, theoretically, you'll find out what it was we were going to do between discovery, theoretically. Yep. And it'll be awesome. Um, so I got to talk Discovery with uh, Dan and Bill over at Trek Geeks. You look up Discovering Trek. We had a really good conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, they they posed some interesting questions to me. So I had to do a little homework on that show. And then uh, Andy Goldberg and Jessica Ray had me on their show, Beginning the Trek. So they were wrapping up Jessica's experience of being introduced to the original series by then doing Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. So I got to go on that show, and and it was cool, because I I then got to ask Jessica about her experience watching Star Trek for the first time, and then wrapping it up with Star Trek VI. Yeah, the the idea behind that show is Andy's been watching Star Trek, golly, forever, and Jessica, Mm -hmm. uh, though a nerd, and though a science fiction fan, uh, somehow has managed to get to the age of whatever age she is. She's an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, has somehow managed to get to whatever age she is without having really watched any Star Trek at all. Right. So 
that is that is why she is beginning the trek, as they say. Yeah. So interesting. You guys so a lot of that. fun. L- look for those shows, and you can hear me uh, rant and rave and, yeah. and talk, and it was great. And then you, sir, you, sir, broke out of Star Trek for a moment. Well, kind of. I Honestly, I haven't gone back and listened to it yet, but I know I talked about Star Trek somewhat. But uh, mm-hmm. I was on a show called The Geek Speak Show. Interesting, actually. A friend of mine, um, Henry San Miguel, has... Um, he and I worked together in radio like 20 years ago, literally 20 years ago. He and I actually went mm. together. I think we went together. He might have just missed it by like a week or two, but we went and saw The Phantom Menace when it came out because we were a very professional radio station. We basically closed down. We left one guy at the station and we all went to see The Phantom Menace because, <laughs> nice. you know, we were really excited because, oh, new Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See how that turned out. So a couple of years ago, actually, when The Force Awakens came out, Henry got in touch with me. He's been listening to uh, Mission Log, and he, he you know, wanted to see if I wanted to come on and talk about The Force Awakens. I think it was right before The Force Awakens came out then. Hmm. So this time around, he's like, hey, what do you, what, you want to come on and talk about the movie once you've actually seen the movie? So, yeah, I talked about The Last Jedi um, with a bunch of other people as well. It was just me and Henry for our section, but he's got a, a, a bunch of sections on in there. And uh, I know I talked about uh, I know I talked about uh, some Star Trek stuff, and might have even talked about the Orville because I I can't remember John. Have you watched the Orville? Mm, nope, yeah, not one frame. No, still yeah. not yet. Really? Okay. Nope. Because I not asked yet. you like twenty minutes ago. You'd think. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, still you, you've been still haven't you've been busy? Yeah. <laughs> Mission Log is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Executive producer Rod Roddenberry. Among the many things that Roddenberry is up to, you will find a podcast or two, or or three, or sometimes four, depending on the week, you can check out this show, Women at Warp, and Priority One, all at podcast.roddenberry.com. If you want to help support Mission Log directly, you can do that at patreon.com slash mission log. For more exciting Star Trek podcasts, check out Trek FM, that's trek.fm, and for the latest in Star Trek news and discussion, be sure to visit trekmovie.com. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Next week, Emergence. Emergence.